Let's get down to business. Welcome to Profits and Purpose, a Colorado Business Roundtable production that unapologetically tells the stories of businesses good through conversations with Colorado's business leaders. Please welcome your host, the president of the Colorado Business Roundtable, Debbie Brown. We work to improve the business climate by unapologetically amplifying the voice of business. Through our podcast, Profits and Purpose, we're here to tell your story. And today, we're so excited to welcome my dear friend, Kristen Blessman, who is the CEO of the Colorado Women's Chamber of Commerce. And full disclosure, Kristen, before I ask you to tell us a little bit more about yourself, I actually serve on the board of the Women's Chamber and have since Kristen was brought on board um, in her leadership capacity. So Kristen, welcome to Profits and Purpose, our podcast. We're so glad to have you here. It's so great to see you shine, Debbie. This is amazing. You look so official and awesome. (laughs) Thank you. Don't tell anyone. Um, But it's so fun to be with a friend and uh, talk about business this morning. And Kristen, tell us more about your story. How did you end up as CEO of the Colorado Women's Chamber? Um, I've been in the nonprofit industry for over 20 years. And I always tell the funny story of how I didn't wind up in the nonprofit industry because I have a bleeding heart. I wound up in nonprofit just by happenstance because I've always worked in larger nonprofits like higher education and and retail with Goodwill. But I always tell the story of how nonprofit found me. And I found my purpose through that. You know, when I was at Regis University working in marketing, I met a soldier who was dodging bullets across the field to get his MBA degree. And when I was at Goodwill, I saw a mother get clean from drugs and get her kids back. And then I got hooked. And I could no longer go to an organization that didn't have a really incredible mission and promote that. So I think I have a business mind, but really the mission is what gets me. And so that's what brought me to the Women's Chamber. I was the Chief Marketing and Development Officer at Goodwill, and the CEO there told me that I had the ability to be a CEO. And of course, I do what most women do and argued with him and told him all the reasons why I couldn't. And he kind of looked at me like I was crazy. But eventually wound up giving me the skills and tools that I needed. And um, I had a mentor at the time, Donna Lynn, who at that time was the president of Kaiser in Colorado. And she had been working with me for three years. And when I first met her, she said, well, you know, you want to be a CEO, a CEO of what? And I was serving on the board of the foundation for the Women's Chamber at the time. And I said, I don't know, an organization like the Women's Chamber. That seems like a good, you know, Wow. I didn't know that that actually had been the conversation before there was an opening. That's really cool. Interesting. Isn't that weird how that works? And so three years later, she actually mentored me for three years. She sent me the job and said, okay, here you go. It's open. And I thought, well, I won't get it, but I'm going to go ahead and apply for it anyway, because she's telling me to, you know, lo and behold, as I started to go through the interview process, it, you know, appeared that the skill sets that I had um, were a good fit for the women's chamber. And so I got the role. Absolutely. And I think about your career in nonprofit in leadership and marketing and business, it's 20 years of cumulative experience that brought you to where you are now leading the chamber. Yeah. And I think about chambers too. It's interesting. You talk about mission and purpose. Tell us more about the mission and purpose of the women's chamber. Some people might think, okay, it's just about business, but I yeah. think for you, it actually has a deeper meaning of purpose for what you do in your work. And I think, you know, chambers of commerce um, in general are an interesting model, right? They were formed at a time where there wasn't interactions like this. 
right? And even interactions like this are going to start to change how we do business. But I think for chambers of commerce, they were built on, you know, sort of small businesses, you know, curating relationships, getting to know one another, exchanging goods and services. And, you know, fast forward, at least for us, 30 years, we were founded in 1983. People do business very differently. And they don't necessarily need a chamber of commerce per se to help them network, right? There's meetup groups and there's so much noise in that space. I think what they really need chambers of commerce for and membership organizations for are to advocate on their behalf and to curate really deep and meaningful connections. And that's certainly true for the women's chamber. What women are doing in business now is very different than what we were doing 30 years ago. And when you think about that, you know, we were founded in 1983. In 1979, you couldn't even get a loan for a business without your husband co-signing for you. So, you know, fast forward 30 years and a lot has happened. And so our mission, and it does have deep meaning for me because I've been through it myself, is to help advance women in business. And so, you know, when I talked about, you know, the CEO said I could be a CEO and, you know, how I pushed back on that and didn't think I was ready and, and all of the things that women face when they're thinking about advancement in either their career or growing their business, we're there to help them connect and help one another. And we're at the Capitol to help advocate for that and really just creating a community where we all have a space to grow and prosper and have choices to do so as women. Yeah, really well said, Kristen. I think for me, one of the reasons I'm on the board helping advance the the mission is really understanding that when a woman has economic options and economic opportunity, you know, a lot of the other problems in life, you know, are easier to handle. And so helping women grow their careers, grow their opportunities is a wonderful mission to have. And we see women that are entrepreneurs and women in the corporate sector, and the same principles apply for helping women, you know, grow in their careers. No surprise. You say it so much better. That's why you're on our board. That's funny. Well, we all, what's interesting, we all have our own reason for being a part of the chamber. And I know when we went on a retreat this fall, it was fun to see all the different women on the board give sort of their why. And so everybody has a little bit of a different why, but it's all coming together under advancing women in business. Right. And I think what was so exciting about that retreat for me too, is that this movement, you know, while we've come a long way, it's still in its beginning stages. And what was exciting to see the board come together on is putting Colorado on the map for the state in the nation to advance women in business. So tell really, us more about that. Tell us what was the big defining mission for 2020 for the Women's Chamber that's going to really set you apart? Right. Well, I think for us, it's really kind of looking at that from two perspectives, right? What do women-owned businesses need to prosper and grow? And what do women in larger organizations need to prosper and grow? Um, We always tell the story of less than 1% of women-owned businesses are over a million in revenue. And for some women-owned businesses, that's okay, right? They feel comfortable at that level. But for some, they do want to grow above the million dollars in revenue. And it's about having the choice to do so. It's about being able to, as you said, prosper economically should they choose to. And so we really are looking at that like, okay, how can we take a hundred small businesses that are owned by women and get them over that million dollar mark? Really, what is key to doing that and learning and then spreading that? So again, like kind of using Colorado, like a Petri dish of saying, all right, 
what is it going to take for these women-owned businesses to grow? And what are they doing in Colorado that can be mirrored elsewhere? Mm-hmm. And it's the same for women in corporations. We know that Colorado is one of the states that's almost last in the nation for a number of women on publicly traded boards. And we sort of look at that as sort of the highest level of leadership. And so what's stopping us? What's preventing the pipeline of growth in organizations? And what we know from interviewing our members in corporations is that they perceive it to be sort of three things that hold us back. It's lack of mentorship and sponsorship. It's communication, both how we communicate to ourselves and on behalf of ourselves. And then there's still the perception of unconscious bias and corporate culture somehow holding us back. But when you look at that, the interesting thing to me is the communication. Like, I feel like if we can change that and move that dial a little bit, that might help with the unconscious bias and corporate culture. We can advocate for ourselves and really learn how to communicate better to dispel it. Yeah. And I even noticed um, looking at even the website recently, you know, you've got some coaching sessions on negotiation, for example, for your young professionals, maybe specifically, and you've got some other programming around capital. How do you access capital? So looking at these barriers to either entry into the market for new entrepreneurs or barriers to growth mm-hmm. and figuring out how to tackle them. Exactly. And, and that's exactly what the Women's Chamber is doing. We're developing programs that allow women to navigate growth because it is different. Mm-hmm. You know, there are nuanced differences that a woman needs to grow versus how a man grows. And I always say both are super, super important. And we have many male members of the chamber that are incredibly supportive. But for us, we navigate a little bit differently. And so that's where the women's chamber comes in to provide those resources. And you and you brought it up. I think that's so interesting for people who haven't been to an event at the women's chamber and they think, oh, are men allowed to come? Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> you know, we've actually have several men serving on our board of directors, a couple of them from some of the top companies in Colorado. And I think uh, what I love about the Women's Chamber, it's not an anti-man approach at all. It's actually uh, everybody can yeah. be for advancing women in business. It's mm-hmm. um, We need the entire community to be supportive of that mission. Right. And and again, I, you know, you've had this too. I've had, you know, the CEO at Goodwill that told me I could be a CEO was a man. And he showed me, you know, how to navigate it, what skills I need. So both are super important. I had a female mentor. I had male mentors. The Women's Chamber is just where all of those perspectives come together to help us grow. Absolutely. Hey, Kristen, let's shift gears a minute. I want to talk about, for people who've never been involved in the Women's Chamber, you know, I sort of have my favorite things that I like to do. Mm-hmm. You traditionally have so much programming, it's hard to pick, you know, it's hard to do everything. Mm-hmm. Tell me about, just a little bit about, like, what's your favorite programming for members to try out, you know, the Top 25 yeah. Celebration, Powerful Voices, just give mm-hmm. us a sprinkling of that. You know, I think... That's that's an interesting concept right now, right? Because some of our big events are are my favorite ways to engage with the Women's Chamber because it allows us to celebrate one another. Um, We have a top 25 most powerful women awards, and of course, you're one of them. We have a celebrity amongst us. But I think that, you know, our larger events are a great way to engage with the Chamber because one of our pillars is advocacy. And a lot of people think, oh, advocacy is political. Well, not always. Advocacy means that we advocate together as a strong group for celebrating women. Because one of the things that we know about research with women is that when they see other women succeed, they are more likely to succeed. It gives them inspiration. Well, if she can do it, maybe I can. And so, you know, gone are the days where there was a room for one of us at the top 
it's now, you know, let's lift one another up to get there. So I think, you know, our larger events are always one of my favorites because they're so powerful and the energy in the room of celebration and inspiration and happiness is really contagious. But we have lots of smaller events too, you know, so like you mentioned, our powerful voices, um, that's usually about, you know, between 50 to 75 women that get together in a room and we all, you know, learn from one another. We have table topic conversations and then we hear from a really incredible female leader in the community of how she got to where she is, some of the things that she's had to overcome, because I feel like that's sort of our unique plight as women, right? We're not afraid to be vulnerable. We're not afraid to talk about, you know, the crap that we had to overcome. To get to the <laughs> it's really refreshing to hear that. And then, you know, I would say we have sort of longer term programming as well. So we have a leadership program for emerging female leaders. We have a mentorship program for women who want to be CEOs. So I'd say it runs the gamut from like, you know, large, big celebrations to smaller curated peer groups to longer term programming, depending on what your business or career goals are. Yeah, I definitely, some of the bigger events, like you mentioned, that are so celebratory, you know, you just can't miss them. Those are things I put on my calendar at the beginning of the year to make sure I'm planning for that as the year goes on. When you're not winning one. (laughs) I tell you, I think it was rigged. That's what I think. (laughs) It was a rigged deal. Um, but tell me more. I, I want to dive into the the concept that you put together with the Powerful Voices Luncheon. That is a series that's that's throughout the year. And was there someone in your life, uh, and probably several, Kristen, because I know you so well. There's tell us about a powerful voice that really inspired you. Um, you've already mentioned Donna Lynn and and your boss at Goodwill, and you can expound on those if you'd like. But is that yeah. what kind of led you to create that concept? Well, the Powerful Voices series, I think, was created by our previous CEO or maybe even a CEO prior to that. I would say the unique difference in how it is now versus how it was before is just happening because this is what's happening with women in business right now, right? I mean, when you think about, you know, say maybe 10 years ago, even when it was first created, I think what's interesting is that women didn't have permission to be vulnerable, right? We had to sort of do it the same way men did and they would only talk about their career. This is how I got, you know, this is step A, B, C, D, E, F, right? And I think that now, and it really goes in line with who's been monumental for me, are the women that have been able to share their personal story or be vulnerable that have really had tremendous meaning for me. And I think what has tremendous meaning for men and men that come to our Powerful Voices conversation series, because it's like you get this glimpse or opportunity to get to know someone so intimately. And I think as women, we really need that, right? Like we always talk about this when you're doing business as a woman, what do we have in common? Debbie, you're a source of inspiration for me, right? I mean, I was so vulnerable with you when we first had breakfast at Racine's, remember? And I was like, I know nothing about politics. Will you help me? You were like, yeah, I want to join your board. And I'm like, what? Really? And I mean, you've transformed that aspect of the chamber. And so it's that ability to know each other deeply that I think is what makes Colorado Women's Chamber different, being able to admit that and see that I think is what's going to transform us in business. Yeah, I think that's so powerful, Kristen. I almost think of like a Brene Brown of 
the women's chamber. And when you share authenticity with other leaders or other women who are ambitious, there's this sense of not wanting to be vulnerable, but actually that vulnerability makes you more brave to tackle more. And it just keeps adding on to bravery, don't you think? Yeah, I do. And I think, you know, I hear stories every so often of, you know, women saying, well, women can be really tough critics, or I haven't always necessarily received support from women, right? Sometimes women are harder on each other. That hasn't been my experience with the Women's Chamber. I have experienced women who understand my vulnerabilities or each other's vulnerabilities and help me rise above. I always tell the story of the Women's Chamber is full of women and men that are like that girlfriend that tells you when your outfit really doesn't look good. And supportive and they understand the things and the barriers that you face and they lift you up anyway. Yeah. Well, I, I really appreciate that. And I think, um, you know, we're not talking much about the current uh, global pandemic or the economic crisis that we're in. But I think what you're talking about in terms of culture for the women's chamber is so strong that I think that it'll be interesting to see how we get through the other side. And even some of the virtual programming you put in place, I'd love to just chat briefly about some of the stuff we've done together, where we've done yeah. some virtual town halls with Senator Bennett and Senator Gardner. And I think there was even some interesting, if you can have camaraderie on a Zoom call, you know, that's powerful. So I felt like there was a really wonderful camaraderie for our chamber. Well, I think, you know, and again, I'm sorry, Debbie, I have to give you props again because you started the public affairs. Well, I get to edit all that out, Kristen. So I'll figure out a way to get it there some way. You know me. You know, what's been so interesting about this is, and even just for me personally, to see how incredible our state leaders are in the midst of crisis and how, you know, we have such an incredible and unique voice in the community. And, you know, just being able to see what those conversations look like. Like we had a conversation with Senators Bennett and Gardner and specific to figuring out how to navigate the CARES Act for our members, you know, who are primarily female and I think was incredible being on a call with the head of the SBA locally, Dan Nordberg, and, and just how gracious um, they've been with their time amidst crisis when you know that they're probably busier now than ever and just them reaching out and finding time for our members. But I will tell you that those have been the most populated calls that we've had, right? Because everybody wants to know what's going on locally. And it's not just about funding. Everybody's scared right now. And I think that what's happening is they're looking for leaders. And I've just been so impressed with our leaders right now and what they've been able to do for our members and, and how they've been able to bring calm, you know, just really help out where they can. So that line of programming has been incredible. Absolutely. And, and kind of to that point, you know, we've, we've put together, I say we because I'm on, on the board of the Women's Chamber and so happy to be on that. What do you see as happening the next two or three months as far as um, programming? How can people get involved? You know, I'm assuming that you still are open for business as far as new memberships. There's a lot of virtual ways to get to know other people, other business owners, other corporate women. Um, what What's the best way for somebody to jump in? And in some ways, I would say networking during this time Getting to know other incredible business people right now is so important. So people should be leaning in mm -hmm. to that as opposed to opting out. Right. And I think that there's, you know, I've been saying over and over again that the connections that we make now are 
going to be deeper and more meaningful and um, I think will last a long time, as is always the case in crisis, right? And so you're right. Networking and connecting now is more important than ever. Now is not the time to bury your head and say, I'm just going to let things go by. Now is the time to dive in deeper. Um, I had a call a couple weeks ago with one of our board members that was just supposed to be a touch base, right? But it had been a particularly tough day in business for me. And I spent, you know, 20 minutes of the phone call crying and explaining to her, you know, some of the struggles that I was having. We will be connected forever now, right? She understands me on such a deep level that now, no matter what happens in either one of our businesses, hers is struggling too, like we're going to be connected. And I think that that's what's important right now about getting involved in the Women's Chamber, or the Colorado Business Roundtable. These, these organizations provide and are providing a way to connect especially digitally, right? We're stuck at home. Like, get on the Zoom call, dive in, get to know one another. You need the support right now. Yeah, well said. And especially for our membership at Colorado Business Roundtable and the membership of the Women's Chamber, private industry more than ever. We need innovators, risk takers, entrepreneurs, you know, big thinkers to help solve some of these problems. So the leaning in part, I think, again, you know, there's a role for the women's chamber to play in the economic recovery to come. Yeah. And I think so. And that's one of the things that I've seen, you know, I'm calling it sort of a return to the feminine um, and and men possess these skills too. But it's, again, some of the skills that I've been seeing is, you know, empathy and understanding and support and inspiration and lifting up and saying, all right, we're going to get through this. But I really feel like, it's sort of a unique value set for our organization in a way that we're supporting our members and they're supporting each other. Mm-hmm. Well, Kristen, it's been such a pleasure to have you on our podcast, Profits and Purpose, today. Tell everyone your website in case they want to go check out more. It's cwcc.org, and all of our digital and ongoing events can be found there on the events page. Perfect. Well, I'm planning on being at all the virtual events that I can be Thank with the you. Women's Chamber and I just feel so confident that the Colorado Women's Chamber is going to come out stronger and better on the other side. So it'll be fun to encourage people to lean in to everything that you provide women in business. Thanks. And thanks for all you're doing at the Colorado Business Roundtable. Thank you, Kristen. All right. Thank Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for joining the Colorado Business Podcast, Profits and Purpose. We work to strengthen the state's economic vitality and improve the business climate in our state by unapologetically amplifying the voice of business. We're here to tell the story that business is good. This has been a presentation of the Colorado Business Roundtable. Be sure to check out all of our episodes on Podcatchers Everywhere at cobrt.com. Our technical producer is John Ekstrom and Deaf Communications. Thank you for listening to Profits and Purpose.